What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. It's Carmelo Anthony Day yet again here at Locked On Blazers headquarters. We're going to go deep on Carmelo Anthony's debut. He appeared in his first game in a Trailblazer uniform, donning the double zero. So we'll do two segments on Carmelo Anthony what he looked like in his debut, and what's next for him and the Blazers, how he got here and where he's headed. Close the show talking about what's next as the team as a whole. Another loss tonight, and suddenly the season has more question marks, even with Melo in tow. But let's start talking about the debut. What happened when Melo was on the floor? You guys, if you're familiar with the podcast, you know I don't like to do recaps on here. I'm not going to do a full game recap. Blazers lost 115-104 to the Pelicans. They're up one at halftime, got smoked in the third quarter, started turning the ball over, ended up losing by 11. Mello was part of the problem, certainly. Led the team in turnovers, was 4 for 14 from the field, finished with 10 points, Made two of his three threes, did not attempt a free throw, grabbed four rebounds, all on the defensive end. Every single one of them is an uncontested miss, miss shot. He did not solve the Blazers' problems. Talk about more about that in the second segment. But what did Carmelo look like? This was the real curiosity. We hadn't seen this guy play in a year. Some of it was complicated by the fact that the Blazers did not have Damian Lillard tonight. He missed tonight's game. Tuesday evening's game with back spasms. He's He'd been really struggling in the last three games. If that's related to the back issue, I think it's a good idea that he sits out and gets right. Blazers have struggled when he struggles, even if they went one and two in those games. They need him to be healthy to have any chance. They cannot risk him complicating things. But it did mean Melo's debut was a little bit strange because the Blazers were even more shorthanded and specifically shorthanded without their best player. It's hard to judge what Mello is exactly going to going to look like and fit and how he's going to play and where he's going to get his offense with when Dame's not on the court. But we still got an inkling of what Mello, age 35, year 17 looks like. It started off just the way you might have guessed. Curled around a screen, caught a ball right around the foul line, and clanged a mid-range jumper. But he looked good. That was a clean look. He just missed. He made his next two shots. The first was a three-pointer that he set a kind of a flare screen for CJ. Two defenders went to the ball. Mello stepped into a wide-open three. The next one, the Blazers got him the ball in the corner. He was able to take his defender two dribbles make a pull-up jumper. All of a sudden, Melo looked like he's cooking. The Blazers are in the game. He's made two of his first three shots. He looks like a... Not like a 35-year-old who's taking a year off basketball. But he missed his next two from the post, and then a long two off of flare. Long two was a really um, sort of nightmare Carmelo Anthony shot. You're thinking like, okay, man, don't take bad 20-footers. But he immediately redeemed himself. A few minutes later, he rolled off the screen. Nice finish right at the rim. 
Then he tried to turn back the clock and dunk all over Pelicans rookie Jackson Hayes. Didn't work out. And that was it. Took seven shots in the first half, scored seven points. Blazers were up one. He didn't look super rusty. He didn't look super sharp. There was not a lot to really draw from it, but you could see where he could help. And I want to talk about that more in the second segment, but he looked he looked like someone who could at least help this team on offense. Uh, Pelicans were shorthanded too without Lonzo Ball, without Zion Williamson, without Derek Favors, without Josh Hart. It's not a very well-played game. Certainly not in the first half. Pelicans played better than Blazers did in the second half. And Melo was also part of, if he was part of the solution in the first half, it's part of the problem in the second half. Early on in the third quarter, he's blocked in a drive to the rim. He uh, missed on a little post fade where he got himself to the middle of the paint and just, just missed off the back rim. Another one, same idea. He posts up on the left block, gets himself into the paint, but he just got in a little bit too deep. Help defenders came. He had to take a tough shot at the rim around two guys. Next shot came on a catch-and-shoot three that looked good, just didn't stay down. Followed that with two posts up on the right block. First one, just came up a little bit short, posting up Drew Holiday. Second one, spun past Drew Holiday and got blocked at the rim. His final bucket came in the fourth quarter with the Blazers down big. Their largest deficit in the second half was 17. But he spotted up in the corner. Kent Bazemore drove, kicked out to Mello, waiting, wide open, cash. That was his final bucket. Those are all 14 of his attempts. I wanted to run you through those things because I think we saw what Mello can do here. He's going to post up. He's going to take mid-range pull-ups, and hopefully he'll take more spot-up threes. None of his threes came off the dribble. They were all catch-and-shoot. I think the future of Mello on this team is more catch-and-shoot opportunities, less post-ups. I do think Melo's post-ups vultured a little bit of what Rodney Hood does. Hood still ended up taking 12 shots, but I thought, particularly early on, Rodney didn't exactly know where his offense was going to come from. I think that'll come. And the defensive issues that Melo brings that we all kind of, I guess, expected him to happen... I don't think he got super exposed in this game. I don't think they really the Pelicans necessarily hunted him in pick and rolls. But the Blazers didn't play particularly good defense, and he was he was part of them not playing particularly good defense. Pelicans ran a lot. Scored in transition, grabbed offensive rebounds, took advantage of Blazers' turnovers. This wasn't a half-court game where teams were hunting Carmelo Anthony. But I wanted to run you through all 14 of those shots. All 14 of his shot attempts, his first 14 shot attempts as a Blazer, because it gives you a sense of what Carmelo is going to be like. There's more to come with his evolution on this team, his evolution in the offense, his fit next to Damon CJ, his fit just on the court with Damian Lillard when they play their first game, presumably together on Thursday against the Milwaukee Bucks. But I thought in game one, he looked fine. Not particularly good, not a lifesaver. 4 of 14 is not a good game. But he showed some promise and he showed some issues. He's going to give you the good with the bad. Some 20-foot pull-ups. Some forced post moves. The Blazers are already a low assist team and I don't think Carmelo Anthony's going to help with that. Zero assists on the night. Committed five fouls. Couple offensive. Just lowering his shoulder into people. 
but I'd say overall he looked fine. The Blazers don't have a ton of answers at his spot, which is why Carmelo Anthony was in the starting lineup. That's what I want to talk about in the next segment. What is the future for Carmelo Anthony with this team? We saw what he looked like. I discussed in depth all of the things he can do offensively. We'll hammer on his defense in a later episode. But you saw the full arsenal of what I expect Melo to bring. What I want to talk about in the second segment is how he ended up with the Blazers. What is his role moving forward? But before I do that, I want to tell you guys about Audible. Audible is the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. And you can start listening with a 30-day audio trial today. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Just visit audible.com slash lockedonmba. That's audible.com slash lockedonmba. And if you're listening on the go and you can't visit audible.com right now, guess what? You can find this and all the other offers from Locked On sponsors at lockedonpodcast.com slash offers. All right, still Mike Richmond, still Locked On Blazers. Still talking mellow. Gave you a rundown of everything he did on offense in the first segment. What I want to talk about is, how the hell did he end up there? I told you in the last podcast, if you listened to the last podcast, I told you he wasn't going to start. Because Nazir Little was going to start. And quite frankly, Nazir Little probably was the Blazers' best power forward in the roster. He was 5 for 6 from the field, hit both his threes. Finished with 12 points and 11 rebounds, his first ever double-double in the NBA. I thought Nazir Little would start because he brings energy. He brings juice. What he doesn't bring is the resume that Carmelo Anthony does, and I think that plays a part in why the Blazers are starting him, quite frankly. Terry Stotts told reporters before the game that Carmelo was going to start against the Pelicans, and, quote, I don't see why not, when asked whether Carmelo Anthony would start here in perpetuity. So it looks like the Blazers have a new starting power forward. That presumes or assumes that when Damon Lode is healthy, we got Dame, CJ, Rodney, Hood, Carmelo, Anthony, and Hassan Whiteside. Not exactly defensive juggernaut. Not that I think Nazir Little changes that team's overall defensive ceiling too much, but he's probably a better defender, better energy guy than Melo at this point. He's certainly not the offensive player Carmelo Anthony is, even if he outplayed him and outshot him against the Pelicans. But I thought Nazir would start. Instead, Stotts threw a curveball, and I was wrong. So if you were going to tweet at me and tell me I was wrong, too bad, I beat you to the punch. But why Mello made his debut Tuesday, I think, is curious. He released a video on his personal YouTube channel. That's right, Carmelo Anthony has a personal YouTube channel where he does things like post-workout videos where he doesn't miss shots, but he posted a video titled My Next Chapter where he talked about um, how he ended up with the Blazers. And you can find it, search Carmelo Anthony My Next Chapter, you'll be able to find it. Follow, I, I tweeted it out too, so at Mike G. Rich on Twitter, just scroll through my timeline. It's very recent. But I think the most interesting thing about that particular video and explaining how he ended up with the Blazers is that he says... He got the call Wednesday. The Blazers expressed interest. He starts to talk to his agent. He calls them back Thursday and says, yeah, let's make it happen if you're serious. They get in touch with his people Friday and they have him basically sign sign the contract. Agree to the deal formally. But the Blazers 
from the sounds of the video, from what Mello says in this video, is that the Blazers said, okay, cool. See you in San Antonio Saturday when we begin a road trip. We'll, we'll see you there. And Carmelo said, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm not ready. Basically, he just wasn't physically or emotionally ready to play high-level basketball this weekend with two days' notice or 24 hours' notice, depending on how, when you want to start the clock. So he asked for three days to get his, basically get his mind right. He probably went in the gym and was pretty serious about it, but I think this was mostly a mental thing. He's been on the shelf for a year. Even if he's been working out, uh, he says in that video, it's very different working out saying, I hope I get a call, and working out after you get said call. So I think this weekend he took things really seriously, got his, got mentally prepared to play, got physically ready to play, and that's why he wasn't there on Saturday or the Blazers game on Monday in Houston. I think that's an important note, is that he wasn't just sitting on his couch ready to play high-level basketball. There was some preparation time even after he agreed to it, and maybe it wasn't the timeline that the Blazers initially envisioned when they reached out to sign him. That's a minor detail, but to me it's important because it shows you just kind of uh, the Blazers already agreeing to work with him. This is where they get the reputation for a player's first franchise, doing things like this. Also, it might explain their willingness to start him. The Blazers signed Carmelo Anthony to be a contributor, and they may have acquiesced him in some sense, both in his when, he's, when he joined the team and how he joined the team. But I think for the near future, and I was wrong about this and I'm surprised, He's your starting power forward, your new starting power forward, double zero from Syracuse, Carmelo, you get it. After the game, Carmelo spoke with the reporters, and I want to play that audio now because uh, he gives a little insight into what it was like to be back on the court for the first time in almost a full year since he last played for the Houston Rockets. Here's that audio. I, I just can say it felt, it felt great to... Just be back into the flow of the game, uh, be back on the court, being back to where I, where I think I belong at. Uh, just being out there with the guys again, I think more so of the routine, you know, team buzz, team lunch, being around the guys, locker room, you know, just the, the routine that I've been used to for, you know, 17 years now. So getting back into that. But as far as the game goes, it felt good to be back out there. It's been a little hectic, um, you know, going from uh, just getting that phone call, to, you know, to, to really, uh, you know, solidifying that and making it happen and, you know, to coming here and playing my first game is, you know, not really having a chance to, you know, kind of take it all in and, and, and think about it and reflect on it is, you know, is you got to go, you know, there's, there's no time for that. With, with just a more <coughs> shoot around, how much did you have to rely on those years of experience when you get back out? You know what, I, I, I relied on uh, the, the work that I've been putting in over the past year, a year and a year and a day to the day. Right? It's, so I, I rely on, you know, the, the people that I trusted to be along, to come alongside this journey with me and training and, you know, all the motivation, self-motivation and, you know, really pushing myself to, to not give up, you know, with times it was, you know, I was questioning that. So, but, you know, to fight through that and, you know, to be back where I am today, I, I rely more so on that, uh, just my knowledge of the game. And as far as conditioning go, I, I felt, you know, I felt absolutely great out there. It was, you know, minor things, but, 
you know, it was more of the flow of things and, you know, getting used to how the team want to play and, you know, plays and sets and, you know, getting used to the guys on the team. And, and also the game is different. You know, within a year the game has changed, right? It's, you know, the physicality of the game has changed. Uh, you know, the, the way that they call the game, the way that the game is played has, has changed. So you almost have to adjust, you know, uh, uh, again when it comes to that. So that's your new starting power forward for the Blazers. Sounds like he's here to stay. Good to know that he felt good after playing 23 minutes of NBA basketball. I don't think he was going to say, I felt terrible, I felt winded, I'm out of shape. But seemed genuine. If you if you watch the video and not just listen to the audio, it seemed like a genuine response. I think things get better for Melo offensively. I think he finds his fit a little bit more. Still not sure he's the best power forward on the roster. Although I have said, and I'll say again, I think the bar there is pretty low. He's an upgrade over Mario Hazonia. He's probably, he's a wash between what Nazir Little brings. They're very different skill sets. But Carmelo, 24 minutes in his debut. We got a long way to go with him. What I want to talk about in this third segment, to close the show, is what's next for the Blazers. We kind of know what's next for Melo. He's going to start, he's going to find his footing, like he said in that audio. He's going to learn the playbook, learn the players' tendencies and all those things. But what's next for the Blazers? Because they're not in a great spot. So what I want to talk about in the third segment is where do they go from this bad spot they suddenly find themselves in 15 games into the season? But before I do that, I want to tell all you guys about my bookie. This is for past present and future my bookie players during thanksgiving week my bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the bears lions game simply choose a team against the spread for up to 250 dollars if you win congrats you've got extra holiday spending money if you lose congratulations to you as well my bookie will give you all your money back it's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose it's no risk all gravy doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer, my bookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to bet on sports but have a lot of questions? Don't sweat it. My bookie's patient customer service can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat. That's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. All right. Still pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Lockdown Blazers. We went deep on Mello. Two full segments on Mello's play against the Pelicans, Melo's future and his role with the team. But what's, I want to zoom out a little bit, get up to 30,000 feet cruising altitude and talk about what's next for the Blazers. Because I think they are in a tough spot. I don't think that's that hot of a take. They're 5-10. and 10. They've got three games remaining on this road trip. Against the Bucks. 
the Bulls, and the Cavs. Damian Lillard missed Tuesday's game. He had back spasms, and that was after a really tough three-game stretch for him shooting-wise. I think it's important for him to get right. I mentioned that at the top of the show, but I think that's the crucial step for the Blazers, is Dame has to be ready to play. Bad teams or or teams in this sort of middle, weird middle ground with the Blazers don't get to use load management. It's not a thing that makes sense for them. Load management makes sense for good teams. You rest players because you think when you're healthy, we can win enough games to get in the playoffs, and we are going to be deep into the playoffs, and we need guys to be healthy. So resting guys 10, 11, 12, 15 games throughout the year to make sure they're at maximum health makes sense. It also makes sense for bad teams. Teams who don't want to win, or teams who have young guys who have long careers ahead of them, who maybe if they sit out one every six games... It lengthens their career on the back end. But the Blazers are somewhere in the middle of that. They aren't a good team that's planning on a deep playoff run. And they aren't a bad team necessarily that was angling for the lottery, although they're headed in that direction. They're a team that thought they were going to be a high-level playoff team that's suddenly stumbling. Load management doesn't make sense. So let me just start off by saying Dame needs to play. If the Blazers really do start to tank, and that's what it would be if they hold Damian Lillard out, it would be tanking, then hold Dame out. Let him play 66 times this year. Hold him out for 15 games. But beyond that, the Blazers' path to success includes him playing a ton of minutes every night. That is the unfortunate truth of this team. But here's why I just want to paint the bad spot that they're in. You already know. The Blazers have a league average offense. They are 14th in the league in offensive rating. That's, there's 30 teams in the league, so they're slightly, you know, one above average. They're 21st in defensive rating. It's kind of where I thought they would end up, is that sort of 17 to 22 range in defense. I thought they were going to take a step back on defense. I've been saying it since the summertime, that this is probably a below-average defensive team. But the offense is an issue. I thought this was going to be a top-five, top-three offense in the NBA. They were third in the league, third in the NBA in offense last year, and I thought they had a chance to be better than that. Certainly, I thought they were going to be a top 10 offense, one of the best offenses in the NBA. Right now, a league average offense cannot carry this team. That's why I think Melo matters. I mean, they everybody matters, right? But Melo's addition, a guy who's mostly offense and very limited defense, matters because the Blazers' path to success is getting back to being an elite offense again. The way they turn this ship around is probably not a dramatic improvement on defense. It's being moderately better on defense. If they're 21st now, they move up to 19th, that might be enough to get them where they need to go. But 14th in the league in offense is a problem. That's where I'm surprisingly saying that this is their biggest issue right now, is that they need to be, for a a chance to be competitive, For a chance to be a playoff team in the West. And right now they're teetering on not even being a competitive Western Conference team. But for a chance to be competitive in the West, they need to be an elite offensive team. They need Dame back healthy. They need Carmelo playing well. They need Rodney Hood playing well. They need CJ playing consistently. 
They need Hassan Whiteside being the best offensive version of himself that they can get. They need whatever boost Anthony Simons and Kent Bazemore can give them off the bench. What I'm telling you now, 15 games in the season, is I've punted on this team being an average or even above average defensive team. I always thought that was a struggle, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying there's no chance now. I'm saying the path back to them being competitive, their chance to be good in this league is to be all out offense. That's why I think Carmelo is a fine signing. It's why I've gone heavy on him the last three episodes. That and because it's the biggest news, and that's what I bring you here. But the Blazers' secret to success, their, their path back is to become an elite offense again. Become one of the best offenses in the league. They do not have the personnel to become a good defense. So, smoke what you got. Play small lineups with Anthony Simons, CJ, and Dame. Add Carmelo in there at the four. Go small, let Carmelo play center, do funky stuff. Let Nazir Little play center for eight minutes against the Bucks. Go super small, see what happens. They're going to get crushed on the glass, but they've been getting crushed on the glass anyways. They're small as is, and, and Hassan Whiteside doesn't box out to help anybody. If they're going to save their season, they're going to save their season by leaning into their strengths. And this team's strength is on offense. Right now, they haven't shown it. But if they're going to, if anything positive is going to come out of these next few months, it's that this team is going to rekindle itself as a great offensive team. Terry Stotts gets credit for being one of the most creative offensive coaches in the league. It's time to earn your money, Terry. You got mostly mediocre to bad players. You have the best player in the history of the franchise. You got a pretty good number two that gave you an aging Hall of Famer. You got an interesting 19-year-old off the bench. Go earn your money, Terry. The Blazers are saving their season on offense because their defense sucks and isn't getting any better. That's as hot a take as I can give you. I appreciate you guys listening. Tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can get it wherever they already get podcasts. That's on Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Appreciate you guys listening. I'll talk to you soon.